Oh, hey, folks. We are live, and it's good to see all one of you on there. <laughs> I know we're building up. We're building up. So, uh, so thanks for checking us out. So today, what we're doing is uh, we are jumping on uh, with Gabby again here, and we're going to go over a little bit about uh, surveys and really kind of why surveys are important and how they can protect you. And again, my name is Todd Martin, uh, the broker here with Ant Realty and the Todd Martin Group. And we appreciate you stopping by our Tuesday Talks with Todd at 12. And of course, if you come up with a more fantastic name, let us know and we'll uh, we'll try to incorporate that in. So with that being said, I'm going to let Gabby take it away. Gabby, what questions do you have for me today with regards to surveys? Yeah, my first question is, um, are surveys expensive? Man, you bet they are. They're bogus expensive. No, I'm just kidding, folks. Think of it this way, right? So a survey, depending on where you live, if you live inside county lines, if you live, live outside county lines, depending on the subdivision that you live in, a survey can run anywhere from 475 up to 600 plus, depending on what you need that survey for or how you're doing that survey. Now, keep this in mind. Most surveys when you're dealing with residential real estate are going to run somewhere between five and, and possibly $600 that is a good price point for a survey. But you've got to understand, um, a survey is more just than looking at things. There's actually four parts to a survey. And that is the the surveyor comes out and they have to do research. They obviously have to do field work with plotting and points. Uh, they've got computations to determine exactly where your land your land falls. And then also they've got the, uh, the map making process. So putting everything together in a, in a CAD program to hand deliver to you a nice location of where your house sits uh, in the land. So if you think about it in terms of expense, a survey is not that expensive. If you're purchasing a $200,000 property and you have a $500 survey, uh, that's right at about a quarter of 1% of your purchase price. And what I tell people is, you know, again, think of it this way. You are purchasing a home that is probably, and I would say 95 to 98% of the population is going to be your largest financial investment. Why wouldn't you want to take care of yourself, right? Uh, think of it as purchasing, like uh, you purchase a used car and you take a car to a car dealership or a mechanic for that 21 point inspection. And they're going to charge you 85 or $90 for a you know $4,000, $5,000 car, right? Again, it's all relative. So are surveys expensive? Not when you look at the big picture. Uh, it's very, very well worth it. Oh, my next question is, why do I need a survey when the neighborhood is already established and the fences are up? Mm. You know, Gabby, that is a good question. Why should you have a survey um, if the boundaries are already in place? Now, you know, a lot of people, when they get into established neighborhoods, they look at established neighborhoods and they say, hey, you know, we know that the the uh, fence line's already there, so we're going to accept it as is. Well, what if that fence line was moved um, over the years and you were actually look, losing, you know, six to eight inches uh, on your property, right? So, and, and you wanted to put in a pool, that might be restricting you from being able to put in a pool. So the survey, you know exactly where the land falls, even though the property has already been uh, has been there and it's been established, um, you might want to make sure that you know exactly where those property lines are. One of the things that we see, and this is a little tip for the sellers 
just as a uh, as protection to yourself as a seller, not necessarily a buyer. But I see a lot of sellers marking on their uh, disclosures that are the boundaries marked in any way. And a lot of them put fence line. And unless you have had a survey, you don't know if that fence line is yours or is the neighbor uh, or is the actual boundary line. So be careful on that, especially when you're a seller. Now, here's the thing. Um, and, and let me give you let me give you an example that just recently happened. So I had some clients that purchased a property. Um, let's call this house A and house B. All right. So they purchased house A and house B sat here. And house B had a really, really nice yard. And it came all the way, you know, the green space was all the way over connecting the two houses. Well, house A right here, their air conditioner sat right here. And what ended up happening was house B sold seven years after house A had moved in. And um, the neighbor from A came over to B and said, hey, they did a survey on the property and they found that your air conditioning unit is on my property, so you need to move it. Well, let me just tell you, that was not the nicest of the situations. So long story short, what ended up happening is did some research and the owner of house A had actually been in that property well over 20 years and had never made any mention to the people on property B. Well, there's such thing as called eminent domain. Um, we've all heard of squatters rights. So, you know, when a squatter basically um, stakes their claim and nobody tells them to get off after a period of time, they own whatever they squatted on. The same thing with eminent domain, which means after a, uh, a period, and, and I believe that uh, that period is 17 years. And it doesn't matter if House A had been taking care of this property, if they had never made mention to this person, even though coming and going, had never made mention to this person over here, that eminent domain takes into effect and basically states that they don't have to remove that air conditioner because that air conditioner now, by default, is on their property line. So there are some things that you have to consider yourself. Now, again, that's the short version of the story. Um, and I ended up helping the neighbors get it worked out. But those things are, you know, again, protect yourself. You don't know what has been moved, even though it's been established, and even though the fence lines are up. So, Gabby, that's a great question. Uh, again, you know, survey is going to protect because you know what's happened uh, since the person has moved in. Um, so my next question is, what if the sellers have an old survey? Can't I just use that one? Hmm. You know, and that kind of goes back to the same thing. You could use the old survey if you're not necessarily concerned. There's nothing around. But here's the other thing to take into consideration. Not necessarily the neighbors that you have to worry about. What about changes to the neighborhood? What if you're in a neighborhood that um, was originally established and had um, above ground utilities, but um, over the years, the neighbors then decided that they would put the utilities underground? So now what we're dealing with is we're dealing with, with easements, we're dealing with right-of-ways, uh, we're dealing with um, the city uh, being able to uh, come in and take over um, you know, a portion of your property to get to their property. So you, know, you want to make sure you know what is what with regards to the, uh, the, the property itself. And again, you'll know the boundaries and you'll know how things are uh, laid out. 
it's a protective measure to make sure that you protect exactly what is yours. Um, because there are some rules and regulations governing um, what the city can and can't do with regards to their easements. So again, you want to check and you want to make sure and you want to get an updated survey. Now, here's the thing. Um, with an old survey, again, you don't know how the neighborhood has changed or who has moved in and out of the neighborhood. And you don't know if that, that church that sits behind you actually owns some of your property. So you've got to be careful with that. Again, there's a lot of changes that happen. So having an old survey is a start. Uh, but again, remember, one of the things that the, we talked about in the beginning is what the surveyor is going to do is the surveyor is going to do field work. And that means they're actually going to go to the courthouse and they're going to see if there's any changes that have been put on the books and the records. And that's part of what you're paying for to make sure that there's no changes that affect your current property. So, so yeah, you could use one, but again, I would advise against it. Uh, spend the extra money and know that you're safe. My last question is how can getting a survey possibly save me some money? Mm. You know, Gabby, again, another awesome question when saving some money, some of the things that you have to think about when you purchase a home. Okay. And this is, you don't necessarily need a survey to protect yourself or to get a discount on your homeowner's insurance, because that's not going to, to do anything to your homeowner's insurance. But one of the things that you'll hear as a buyer is you'll hear title insurance, even as a seller, title insurance. And what title insurance is, is title insurance is a policy that one, um, if you're purchasing through a lender, the lender will require you to carry a title insurance policy. And what they do is they go to the bank and they check everything that's been recorded um, to make sure that nobody has any liens on the property. But here's a big secret that nobody knows about. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. What I should say is a lot of people don't utilize this. But with a survey, there is a contingency upon your title insurance that says they do not cover insurance for issues with regards to surveys. So in other words, if you bought that house and you went off of the old survey, and again, let's go back to property owner A and property owner B, and you've got a fence line that runs in between the middle of the two. Well, let's just say that property A and B got together and said since property A had a lot of kids and property B didn't, they were nice enough to allow them to put that fence line over a foot, right? And so when it goes to sell, if you didn't have title insurance, guess what? You're going to be responsible for moving that fence line over. So you want to make sure that you're protected, right? And what that's going to do is people can ask to remove the contingency um, off of your title insurance. So you are covered should something arise. So hence saving you money. Now, Here's the biggest one I want to show you. So let's 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 look at an example here, okay? And you'll have to excuse my my crude drawings, right? I'm drawing upside down so you can see it, right? So you have a typical house, right? Can you all see that? Can we see that? Gabby, can you see that? Yes, I okay. can see it. Yeah. Okay, great. So you have a typical house, right? And what I'm gonna do here is I'm drawing. The boundaries, right? So we had a survey and the survey drew the boundaries. Now, I hope you guys like my artwork. All right, pretty typical. We know where the boundaries are. Now, here's what we saw on the survey that we couldn't see, which I thought was rather interesting.
Okay. Drum roll. All right. Can you see that? You see that big circle in the middle of the house? And you see these black lines here? So here's the interesting thing. Do you know what this is? This is a sewer line, right? Uh, you think everybody's got sewer lines, right? So sewer lines are supposed to run through your house. That's right. Sewer lines are supposed to run through your house to connect it. But do you know what this is? This is a sewer cleanout built directly underneath the house. So you know what that means? The city has the right to come into your house, to tear up your floor, to get to that clean out because your house is sitting on a public easement. Now, believe it or not, that's an actual case that happened. If the survey had not been done, the sellers would have sold and the buyers would have bought. Okay. And the buyers would not be able to sell this house if somebody did a survey because again, this is public easement. All right. And, and the local sewer district has the right to come in and tear up your floor to get to that. So inevitably, you know what that, you know what that's called? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that is called a rental because you will never be able to sell that property if somebody doesn't clean this up and get this removed from the city. And if you've ever tried to get anything changed from the city, then you're going to have an issue. Uh, if you know in Louisville, all the battles that we have with MSD, they're probably not going to give up uh, their right to be able to get in and clean those things up. The other thing that I saw, which was rather interesting, and again, we have a house here, right? Again, another lovely drawing of a house, but this time, This time we have this, right? So we've got a center line right down the center of the house. The house sat smack dab in between two boundary lines. Good thing on this one though, because my, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, because my buyer got the survey, we found out that he's got two plots of land, right? And he was paying two different tax records. Um, one would have been mortgage, one would have been his responsibility, but prior to the closing, we were able to combine all these together. So therefore, uh, he was able to pay one tax bill and take, you know, take care of everything, basically kill two birds with one stone. So he actually saved a little bit of money because one wasn't being taxed as vacant land. One was actually being taxed as, as property owned. So he did save some money there. So, so again, you have to be careful with surveys and, and the way they work. And again, remember this, if you're buying a house, you don't have to have any inspections done whatsoever, but you do have to remember this, that it is buyer beware. So it's better to spend a little bit money up front and understand exactly what you're getting into, then it would be to fly by the seat of your pants and hope that everything is okay. Because just remember this, it's never a problem till it's a problem, all right? So again, be thinking safety, be thinking long-term, and be thinking of a way in which to um, make sure that your investment is protected, okay? So if you've got any questions with regards to the surveys, I'm always happy to answer those. If you've got any questions, with regards to anything that we've talked about, um, title insurance, closing, selling, buying, anything like that, I'm always happy to to lend an ear, lend a hand if I can be of any assistance. Uh, of always, you can reach out to me directly. Uh, feel free to text. You can text or call at 502-220-4663. That's 220-HOME, H-O-M-E, if you want to think of it that way. Um, or uh, feel free to, uh, to drop me a message here, and I'd be happy to get back to you. Gabby, do we got anything else today? 
Nope, that um, summarizes all of my questions. Um, thank you so much for taking your time to talk to me today. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Again, thanks for stopping by. This will be up. Uh, we'll have some stuff posted here. Uh, feel free to stop back in for reference. Uh, we can do anything for you. Again, feel free to reach out to us anytime. Look forward to talking with you all soon. Take care.